What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Mr. Sands spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. Keep in mind, if you're looking for a job, they're always hiring. A lot of great things they do for the community and surrounding areas. For more details, go to TigerSanitation.com, official sponsor of the sports crime. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, as usual, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that happened over the weekend, sports-related, that you want to bring to the airways that we're not touching on, feel free to do that. Just be patient during the breaks during the segments, and we'll try to get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me, don't forget it's at SportsGrind on Twitter. And you can stream the show live if you go to the business page of Sports Ground Entertainment on Facebook or my personal page as well. You can catch the stream of the show live, leave comments, and we'll react to those and read those if they're appropriate, or I'll react to them later on. You know, And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. Mr. Sams? What's up, fellas? How we doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. So definitely coming off of a packed weekend in sports. A lot of things to get to. Um, of course, uh, before we start with that, uh, I want to give my thoughts and prayers out to the victims and the families up in Buffalo, New York, over the weekend, the grocery shooting, um, along with the church shooting out in L.A. as well, too. Thoughts and prayers to the victims there. Um you know, the shooting in, in Buffalo, New York, man, it's just, um, again, it's just it, it reminds you uh, kind of where we kind of still are at as a country. Um, I know he left. He, he, he another one that was able to walk away alive. Didn't shoot him. Didn't kill him. But, um, no, it, it's time for the powers of be, man. They're going to have to start treating um, – these hate crimes and, and treating white supremacy groups and stuff like that online, how they serve the line, they're going to have to start attacking them just like they do terrorists and just like they have before and shut the other groups down. They've kind of turned the other cheek. We have as America, our government officials are trying to take that as serious, but it exists. So just a sad situation in general. Uh, so definitely thoughts and prayers uh, go out to those families there. And again, like I said, also in the church shooting uh, in LA as well also. So, um, so, yeah. So on that sad note, we'll try to uh, get into sports here. So on the sports weekend, um, a lot of things uh, went down. Of course, we're coming off fight weekend. Charlo, they put on a show, man. I watched it. They put on a show. I mean, they were definitely they were definitely coming out swinging. Uh, Charlo has kind of got my piqued my interest here uh, since he's been brought up a lot by Cowboy James on this show, but definitely was impressed the way those two gentlemen fought. Um, you know, you felt somebody's about to get knocked out because if they would have went to the cards, we might have had another draw or had something like that. But, you know, definitely an entertaining fight. Also in the fight world, it's crazy that last, and it was about a week ago or two when we had the whole Canelo thing. But this last week, you know, I know, you know, the Canelo slander from his former boss, De La Hoya, 
has had some things that gave very condensed. They're like, well, I would advise him to stay at the weight he was at. You know, when you go up to challenge greatness, can't do Oscar's voice, but you know, that happens. And really, it was just he didn't make any adjustments. You just like, you never threw the jab, saltiness. But I get it. And then Mayweather, he was doing an interview, I think, on a podcast. But you know, of course, he got Mayweather. Y'all, y'all been praising this dude. Y'all been praising this guy. I'm talking about him. I dusted his ass when I was almost forty. He goes, I, that was that was easy. I knew to look, man. I, I don't know again, and I love Mayweather, but I don't know what it again is it is with Canelo. But Canelo has a lot, and, and part of me feels like it's just because he's. I mean, he's kind of like an outsider almost to the boxing world industry. I don't know if he doesn't hang out with those guys. He's not, you know, cordial with them. They think he thinks he's too good. I don't know, but he gets a lot of shade thrown his way, and that's the reason why. You know, I've kind of grown a liking to him because I haven't been able to uh, figure it out. But it, those comments and stuff like that really makes you want, you know, not me personally, to root for him to overcome this on the rematch. But like I told you, that day we came in here that Monday, I don't know if Styles make fights and I don't know if he's got it to beat that guy. But that definitely came across my radar. Also, uh, hockey, NHL hockey continues to roll on. They won the weekend, by the way, when we talk about competitive games. I know, like, only, like, probably there's probably 2% of y'all that even list this show that even paying attention to NHL hockey besides Sam and I. But the truth of the matter is, is when it comes to competitiveness over the weekend, we had two blowouts. We'll get to those in NBA. But it's it's been some Game 7s. Uh, and, you know, I think this was a record this weekend for two Game 7s in NBA and five in hockey. That's never really happened before. That many Game 7s on one weekend. And most of all the hockey ones were Thriller. That Dallas and Calgary, look... I've been a playoff hockey dude now probably, like I said, going on, I don't know, man, maybe the last five, six years, seven years. So around that time. But that I haven't seen a goalie effort like that from the Mavs. Uh, the Mavs, we'll get to them. The Stars goal, goalie in a while. I mean, I'm surprised. See, they had like it seemed like they had like 50 shots on goal, and he he was just standing. He was just standing up to all that, and I felt eventually the dam was going to burst. I mean, when they went into OT, and that's one thing to me. I think hockey has the best. Hockey probably does the, the, from the and the, nothing about the rules. It's just the feel of it. They've got one of the most exciting OTs because it's really sudden death. And then hockey, man, it's like. It, first of all, it's hard to even imagine in person never intended a professional hockey game. But I can keep it up with that puck, even during the TV where shots are coming and you don't know, is it over, is it over? Siding, but that goalie from the Stars was amazing yesterday, even in the losing effort. You saw it by the respect the Calgary players had for him after the game. You know, normally it's just a handshake skate, like, come on, get out of here, man. We just won. But they were individually going up to him one-on-one. So you've got that going on. Uh, the hockey continues going. The Rangers rallied. They're moving on, knocked out the Penguins. Uh, but also, other things in the sports world, you know, this is PGA Championship Week in golf. So the PGA Championship is this week. Uh, Tiger's going to be there. Um, he said that actually, which I don't know how it's possible, but he says, oh, I'm a lot stronger than I was from the Masters. I'm like, damn, did we just finish the Masters? Like, how the hell you get that much stronger, feeling that much better? But if he says it, you got to take his word for it. But that's not the story. The story is Friday, probably about 5, 6 Central Standard Time, the word comes out, Phil is withdrawn from the PGA tournament. Cowardly move. That is a cowardly move. And look. I've had my things with Phil. I got a chance to meet him one time. Good guy. Took about five minutes, seven minutes to talk to me. 
I tell him his face. That's a cowardly move, Lefty. I mean, damn. Like, what? What do? You, I mean, why do you think he's pulling out? Like, first of all, he announced. I mean, he was supposed to be there. If I'm not mistaken, he's the defending champion. Okay, he won it last year. Old a, a guy that you know saw that he could win again. He won it last year, and you're not going to defend your title because you don't want to stand in the crossfires of questions. That I mean, I don't know if he got through. Like, man, I don't end up like Grand Dorman and say something crazy. But no, nah, man, you want to make that decision. You want to get in bed with the Saudis to stay in that seat and take the heat. And that's why I've always, like, even given Phil and all these guys a hard time. Even Dustin Johnson. Like, I've always been the one that, like, I never poke fun at anybody's addiction because addictions are a serious thing and you can be addicted to anything. But I know when Dustin Johnson was going through his cocaine situation, and I've said, I was like, this is this is also the part of the arena that no one talks about that these guys get a pass that Tiger lives in and they can't understand it. Because to me, there's no way. I mean, a lot of these guys have been able to dodge the quote unquote media and, and, and tabloids writing about them and, and sports, you know, talk heads given because again, I get it. They don't move the needle like tiger, but that is Bush league and weak of field to, in my opinion, to withdraw from the PG, I don't care what his excuse is. I don't care if it's a uh, ailing back or whatever, or whatever is because it hasn't really been said why. At least I haven't heard it. I'm telling you that has to do with you don't want to stand in, you don't want to show up Wednesday, you don't want to show up Tuesday tomorrow and ask questions. And majority of your questions going to be not how you feel about defending your title, but what do you feel about this controversial tour and what do you say? And I'm not buying the fact like oh I'll show I'll show the PGA, I just won't show up. And play their PGA Championship, which, by the way, I don't like the fact that when when they switch having the PGA, the second major, I do not like that whatsoever. It need, it should have stayed the last major. I like going from the Masters and then to the U.S. Open. I, I, I just don't like this. But anyway, that was Bush League move. Baseball continues to go on. Um, told you, I'm not going to kill you every day with Reds updates. But the Cincinnati Reds, we've talked about how horrible they are. Um, and they managed to do something that only five teams in the history since we've been playing baseball back to like damn near the 1800s ends up losing a game that they didn't give up a hit. They had a combined no hitter and they still found a way. That's only happened five other times, I think, in the, in baseball history that they lose a game that they didn't record. They lost 1-0 to the athletics. And it was like a walk at air, something like that. But no hits and no, no, and you lose the game. That just shows you how bad the red. This is going to be a long. So there's no way. I just feel there's no way they can't move Joy Votto somewhere before the deadline. Whenever, I mean, we're a ways away from that. But there's just no, I don't understand. I don't even know what kind of season he's having early on. But it, it just makes no sense. That's a bad baseball team. But um, anyway, also, uh, of course, we've got to start with the NBA playoffs. And that's where we'll start. Um, we've got both conference champs going out on the same day, on the same day. And we'll go in and start with the Bucks. Before we get to that Mavs and Phoenix series, we'll start with the Bucks, who were eliminated uh, by the Boston Celtics. Um, look, the, 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 Bucks, the Bucks picked the wrong time. And you could talk about fatigue and, you know, of course, you know, no Milton, and I get it. But that in the second half, the, first of all, that game – in my opinion, was lost in the last 
fifty seconds minute of the first half. Like the 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 play with about five point six seconds left that Giannis for one picks up his third foul. Um and he turns over the ball and he follows Marcus Smart. Now Marcus Smart just great anticipation, knowing that hey, there's time. That's being aware of the situation, knowing that the time is running out in the half, knowing that the only thing he's gonna do is you might as well shoot it because you're not gonna dribble and have a fast, you know, dribble with a layup. The time would expire. He just went in motion. It was it was close, but you know what? I can see why the ref, you know, called it. The yesterday they looked like they played in the second half like the Bucks played prior to the chip when they won the championship. When I was coming here killing Coach Bud and Coach, you know, you know, Giannis can't do this. Take nothing away from Giannis. Giannis had still had all little numbers, even in losing the series. You go look at what he averaged, you look what he got. Yesterday in the second half, you can see he ran out of gas. And number two, I don't understand, and that's something they've got to look at too, even going forward. And, it, and I think it bit them in the ass, especially the last two games against Boston, especially yesterday. I don't understand. I understand how much ground Giannis can cover from one side of the court to the other, but you don't need him bringing up the ball every time. Like even when he gets the rebound, it's like sometimes the guard needs to take the ball out of his hand. That's what happened right there before half. You, I mean, because his handles aren't that great. I mean, Giannis is a hell of a player. He's probably arguing about making being maybe the best player now in the NBA. But handling the ball like a point guard and bringing up when guys are trying to steal it, his handles ain't like that. I think that that was a big turning point, but I've seen that a lot, especially in the last two games. He picks up unnecessary fouls that way. Like, I don't mind it every once in a while, but they got too comfortable in a heavy diet of allowing him to bring up the ball on the court where either he's going to get turned over because they trap him or either he's going to pick up a charge. I thought that was a big mistake. But give credit to Boston, man. Give credit to them. Uh, you know, this is a team from the core that's been together uh, some from years now. They made a coaching change with Brad Stevens going to the front office, Adoka getting his opportunity for his first head coaching job, and he's definitely taking advantage of it. Um, you know, they they scored, they got contributions um, from a, quite a few different people uh, yesterday. Um, you know, Tatum, I figured Tatum was Tatum. Um even in game six down there, and Tatum was Tatum, you know, when he needed to be in game seven. But yesterday was the role player uh, that really stepped up. Um, you know, uh, my man's name is Grant Williams. Grant Williams. There you go. Grant Williams uh, led both teams in scoring. I think he made like 13, 15 three pointer attempts. Tatum said, hey, don't get used to that. 18 attempts. 18 attempts. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But Boston, I mean, credit to them. Uh, they knocked out the defending world champs, not just not only the Eastern Conference champs, but the defending world champs. So credit to them. Um, Dallas, oof, beat down. That was an ass whooping, man. And Luka came out the gate. He came out the locker room swinging. He, I mean, he he delivered them a knockout punch in the first quarter. I mean, he really – you could tell that whether he wants to talk about he learned from Game 7 or last year, you could tell automatically that the pressure doesn't really get to him. Like, the moment is not getting – it hasn't gotten to Luke, and I can only imagine what he's going to be when he gets in better shape. I, I mean, when he really gets like, hey, man, I'm just going to dedicate – I'm going to leave the hookah alone, and I'm going to leave the vodka alone, and I'm just going to basically just get in shape and work out. And so he, it's going to be scary. Um Jason Kidd, coaching matters at this level, man. I mean, this is a guy that didn't get off to a good start in his first job with the Brooklyn Nets back in the day. Uh, then he got an opportunity with the Bucks. He did pretty decent with the Bucks. He got them in the playoffs a couple times. Went and sat on the bench from the Lakers. 
Lakers would worry about PR nightmare. They wanted him the whole time. They just didn't. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just – I don't know what reputation. I know Jason Kidd had some off-the-court off the, off the court situation, even in his post-playing career with his wife, divorce, all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, man, this is L.A. Was it that bad covered up there? Y'all can give him the job? But he escaped, and look, he's on his way in his first year at Dallas onto the Western Conference Finals, okay? Uh, beat down, man. I mean, just a beat down. And really, you know, to me, I, you know, I picked the Suns because I figured that even, I mean, I've been talking about Dallas before the All-Star break on this show, but I picked the Suns because I figured if this went seven, that the role players from Dallas, I don't, I didn't know if Luka had enough for those guys to make shots, but you know what? Dinwiddie, Dim, 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 Dinwiddie, he, he, he picked, he was work, he was walking in a coma in the first few games of this series. And then he really picked it up in game six and game seven on the road. And uh, stepped up, and they laid a beat down. Now, to the Suns, I'll get to them when uh, – because I think it's really told us, you know, a lot of focus on Chris Paul, but let me tell you what it shows me regarding – I know Chris says he's coming back, but, you know, this series, especially the last two or three games, told me one major thing about Chris Paul, and we'll talk about that when we get back. Also, we get back, we'll get to Cowboy James' phone call. You listen to the Sports Grind. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. I see what you did right there, Sam. <laughs> All right, man. Back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Mr. Sam spin the one and twos. Um, yeah, definitely got to get into Dallas, you know. But this next segment is going to be sponsored by... Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential and commercial needs. They'll give you a free estimate. All you got to do is go to waytogrowlandscape.net, official sponsor of the sports crime. That's what Kid had to tell him yesterday. It's on me. Um, look, as I was going into break, this is what the last few games of this show to me in regards to the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul. I don't believe, and I know there's numbers out there floating like, hey, the day he turned 37, like this year, like a few weeks ago, it's been downhill since then. I don't know. The truth of the matter is I think that where Chris Paul is at right now 
he's past being able to play an 82-game regular season and still be all the way fresh for the playoffs. That's my opinion. I know he said afterwards he's not retiring. He's going to come back. I mean, if you're the Suns, you look at it like, okay. I mean, because in all sports, you're supposed to evaluate your team against the team who knocked you out and who ultimately ends up becoming the champion because that's who everybody's chasing. So you have to really, I mean, if you are the Phoenix Suns front office, you have to just realize like, okay, look, you know, we were a young team, Booker, Aiden, bunch of us, you know, that we needed a guy like Chris Paul to come in here and learn how to be, how to win in 82 games. Because remember, I, I used to come in here for years and talk about the Suns shutting down Booker with a month left in the season. Two, a month and a half because he's got. They were babying him because they figured like, yo, the team was terrible at the time, and they wasn't going to waste his legs or his early legs or just wasted years anyway. So this is a team that did not really learn how to even win in the regular season until Chris Paul showed up. So it's not easy just to sit there and throw out a guy like that to the pastures and say, hey, we're done with you. But the truth of the matter is, you got to ask some tough questions about does he match up at his age when we get into the postseason in regards to some of the guards and, you know, that he has to go against. I mean, there's not too many people that can match up with Luka one-on-one, you know, but I think that what Jason Kidd did that series and what he did in a few last games, they made Chris Paul really work on the defensive side of the ball and wore him down and knew exactly the guard on his pick and rolls. And I also think, too, which it sounds cliche and a lot of people are saying that, but the truth of the matter is, you know, some of Paul's antics and some of the way he baits certain officials in or whatever to get calls, they, they that's kind of caught up. I mean, they the, the refs don't really fall for it that much anymore because the other players, the younger players have grown up seeing him do this and they've got a custom of what he does. So, I mean, still a great player, you know, but I just feel that, you know, he got, he, he got tired this year. He wore down. And I think that's not just about, you know, the – you know, what Dallas necessarily did with them, I think you got to factor in the 82-game schedule as well, too. And I'm not just talking about the minutes. I'm talking about the, the travel, getting up and down off of airplanes, you know, back-to-backs or playing two games in four nights. or five. I mean, the truth of the matter is I think he's done with that. So if, even if he's coming back and Phoenix are going to retain him and not try to look to trade him or buy him out or just retain him, which they probably will because of his relationship with Monty Williams and, you know, what he's done to them, for them, excuse me, that um, you're going to have to really kick in some serious, some low management next year for Paul. Really? I mean, you know, and I know Chris Paul is from the old school. I mean, he's cut from that old school cloth, so he doesn't really, Chris has never been a guy known to want to take days off. Now his body usually fails him around this time of year when they get to the playoffs, but um, that that's the glaring thing that I think the Suns have to answer for themselves. And, you know, Aiden, this is my thing against Aiden. You know, Aiden sometimes, I mean, last year he did well, you know, for the most part depending. But when it gets kind of hot, I mean, Aiden, his aggressiveness and him being aggressive and him disappearing kind of is speaks volumes when you talk about Aiden's due for a big payday also. You know, so you got to just a hell of a talent. I mean, I damn sure take an Aiden in silver and black. You know, who are we kidding? But the truth of the matter is, is that there's some tough decisions and some things got exposed. And you, you, were, you were having a question to me that you asked me about, and I told you that I'd answer it on air. But what, what were you wanting to ask me? Yeah. Uh, so you look at these playoffs, and we have young players, this next generation, having big moments. And so when you look across who's still playing, have they arrived? 
And so has, if you're looking at this Sun series, uh, let's start there. Luca, I was starting on the winner's side, Luca. Has Luca officially arrived? Like he's he's not going to take a step back. Stardom's here, and 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 he's here to no. Luca's here. I mean, Luca has arrived. I think he arrived last year, but he's put a cement a cement a cement stamp on. Excuse me, uh, what he did here, and Luca was consistent through the whole series. Uh, keep in mind, I mean, they were down, you know, o two, uh, right? They were down o two the first two games. Luca did not play. Um, or did they take a game? They think they split, right? They yeah, they won yeah. one. They took one game, but he didn't play for two games. So he came back to lead his team three games. He, he came back to lead his team to a victory. So he arrived last year, but I think he really put a stamp on it this year. I, I think the question about Luca is I still think playing off the ball, he needs to improve on, but I think when he gets his conditioning down, He's going to, I mean, this, he was motivated on this, but you could tell that he took it. I don't know what trash talk. I mean, I know there's clips saying, hey, it's kind of, it's easy to act tough when everybody's up. So I I guess it really got personal between him and Booker, uh, you know, but he definitely took it personal the way he came out of game seven. But when he decides to really get his body in shape and really like, he's going to be, he's got that it in him. He's, he definitely got that killer instinct in him. You know, he's on Team Jordan. Jordan sees that he, he saw the talent. He's got that killer in him. He just needs to get his conditioning better. Who else? Who else were you asking about? Looking over at Boston, has Tatum officially arrived? He's had some really big games, bring and a time where he struggled at times. Sure, this postseason, but when his team needed him most, he's stepping up. Is he officially arriving now? He's. I would say he's on his way. I think he's pretty much there. You would get some people to say, yes, he has. I've watched a lot of Boston games, especially since Brad Stevens showed up out of Butler. So I've been there for Tatum since he landed in Boston. Uh, he's definitely improved. He, he's definitely got that instinct. He's a hell of a player. He's a top 10 player in the league, easy. But the thing I said about Tatum a week ago or so is still, I've got, I got to see Tatum more against I've got to see him do it again consistently against that doll that's you know that's looking on the other side of him and granted I mean that's Giannis he took down Giannis team but the other thing I said about Tatum is Tatum has a tendency when he doesn't come out and his shot's not falling and he's not on I mean he's been on the last couple games but when he's not on when he laid that egg that one game in the series and I came in here he doesn't know he can't really shoot himself out or of a bad of a bad start like I'm not going to call Tatum a front runner because I don't think he's a front runner but that's my concern with him as well too and and really and not only that in that same take it's like if you're not scoring and you're not getting the basket how else are you impacting and helping the team his passing has gotten a lot better that's where I think that's where Tatum is really taking that leap is that his passing and been able to see to see the court and how to be able to use how sometimes when teams have to double team him or come trap him he's gotten a lot better over that in the last 2 years but i just feel that he when he it's not going for him, sometimes he continues to kind of fade away a little bit. And and the type of deal, because let me tell you something about Miami, who they're gonna play. I've told you I haven't been a big believer in Miami all year. They had to show me that this was gonna be a different. They're going to another Eastern Conference Finals. The difference between Miami and the team he just played with the Bucks 
is Miami is going to guard the three-point line a lot better than Milwaukee can, and Milwaukee does. They're going to run you off, and they're going to basically be in your face. That's one thing I know Coach Poe is going to bring it when they play him, play them. So Tatum, this is going to be one of those – they're going to try to oppose their will physically and defensively to uh, on Tatum. So I think Tatum – I'm not going to argue with anybody that said he has arrived. He's he's getting there, but I think that he's not – I'm not going to put him as jumping on the scene like Luca, like arrived like Luca. Like I know Luca can take a team on his back and just be like, hey – I can. I don't know if Tatum's can do that just yet. And he's had some stellar games this series. And flip that switch at any time, right? Uh, so I want to looking at this next generation. I want to end them with the Suns because I think that I think Jimmy Butler, like he's too old for me to ask if he's arrived or not. Uh, Jaw's not even continuing to play right now because of the injury, um, and so he's not going to be in action tonight versus the Warriors. Jordan Poole, I know already how you feel about Poole on the rise. But when I look at the Suns, I put Booker as their main star above Aiton, even though DeAndre is going to be having his contract situation this year. So has Booker, has has Devin Booker arrived? No, not yet. Hell of a player. I know Sam giving a gas face. I, I think when you when you say arrived, I guess maybe you need to define what you mean by arrived. Like, what are you saying arrived? Like, like to me, Devin, like, yeah, you gotta you gotta explain to me what you see. You know, being a rod. What you got, Sam? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. Booker. Uh, let's not be prisoners of the moment. I know that was a, a disappointing two zero series blown, but Booker also finished fourth in MVP and led that team to the finals last year. I would say he arrived last year, and this was a disappointing exit. But still, I mean, top four in MVP voting the year after going to the finals at early what twenty. Four years old. Okay, I will tell you this. In my opinion, they don't get to the finals without Chris Paul. Devin Booker doesn't lead that team to the finals without Chris Paul. Monty, I like. I love Monty Williams. I think Kid ran circles around him for about three or four of these games, um, and that's no disrespect to Monty because I think he's a good man. He's a, he is a good coach, uh, but they had the same team and was winning 15, 18, 20 games with Monty Williams before Chris Paul showed up. I, that Chris, Like, I hear what you're saying, Sam, but I feel like De- Devin Booker, for one, no, he does not get that Suns team to the playoffs by – I mean, to the finals last year by himself. And but Chris I, Paul doesn't do it without Devin Booker. Right, but we've seen Chris – but the other thing about that, though, Sam, is we've, we've seen – We've never Chris, seen Chris Paul do anything that close in his career with before until he was with Devin Booker. I mean, you could also – Chris Paul has now blown five two zero leads, and the only time he got to a final was when he played with Devin Booker. Well, look, man, I I seen I remember the young Chris Paul with some of the Hornets teams that if it wasn't for by a guy from the Virgin Islands wearing number twenty one, probably could have got past. I think you know. Uh, I'm not trying to totally shoot down what you're saying, Sam. I just think Devin Booker. There's a, you know I always preach on this show. There's levels to everything. And 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 that's why I say we really got to define what we talk about. Arrive is Devin Booker a top ten fifty player? Of course, but when we talk about arrive, meaning like hey, like for example, Luca's game traveled every game this series. Okay, like he, he's a superstar. He's a generational talent. It's supposed to Devin Booker in a series, depending on like an opponent that they're not in over inferior of or what, like dominating of. I don't know if Devin Booker's going to. Can't be able to say his game is going to have that consistency of he's not on Luca's level. I, I think Devin Booker. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, if, if what's going to be interesting because even if Chris Paul comes back next year, I would say this has got like one year tops left. So Booker and Aiden ain't going nowhere. 
So I want to see how do they how do they two do when you take a, a veteran leader from Chris Paul that's not there for 82 games, you know, keeping the focus or we're chasing this or whatever. What do they do then? Because like I said, other than Chris Paul, that is the same team in the same nucleus. And you can talk about experience and they've got to go through it. That's the same team that only won like 18, 15 games. And we're a lottery team. So we'll see. But I just think, and, and again, about that Miami, and, and, and listen to this, class. I thought about this. Look at the teams that are left. Miami, defense. Dallas, defense. Boston, defense. Golden State, you could say maybe they're the weak. I think Golden State's underestimated defense when they want to. They're probably the weakest defensive team out of the final four left. But my point is identity and defense. And we've lost that down here. Because because for a while when I've been preaching that, it's been like, oh, well, no one plays defense anymore. And no one did. There's some – you heard my man yesterday in the telecast. That, that game between Milwaukee and Boston, that, was, that looked like that was a 97. 96, 98, a grinded out half court defense. This Miami and Boston series, this is going to be a defensive bloodbath. And if you like a lot of offense, if you like a lot of scoring, or you don't like a muck it up game, you're probably going to think this series is boring. This is going to be an ugly series. But my point is defense, man, you got to have an identity. And that is pretty much the same team that Rick Carlisle coached. It's almost the same team Rick Carlisle coached. And Jason Kidd came and a, a, not even a full calendar have, and changed the mentality. You know why? Because he at least got Luka to buy into defense. I've been telling you all all year, Luka's post game, he talks defense more than I ever heard Luka for the first few years get into, get into it, you know, about defense. 1-800-707-9760. Um, I'm not ready. I got to decide on that Boston and Miami one. Um, I'll pick that one tomorrow. Golden State and Dallas is going to be very interesting. Um, I think Golden State, I think they need to – they've they've got – I don't know what the deal is with Iguodala and his injury, but I think definitely they probably need him back even if he's – I don't know if they ruled him out. I haven't heard anything of them being ruled out of the playoffs or anything like that. But um, they're both going to like to go small. It's going to be a small man's game. Um, and the difference, what I will say, is what Luka did to Chris Paul and what he did to the backcourt with Jason Kidd had the perfect plan – Coming back, this is what Luka has to be prepared to get done to him. Golden, Golden State's guards are going to make Luka have to work on defense. They're not going to be able to hide Luka like that, but Dallas is a tremendous defensive uh, team. That is, that's an interesting too. I, I mean, honestly, I'm torn pretty much on both series because the health is a big part of that. All that goes into factor of that stuff, but these are going to be pretty much too good. I mean, every, we thought, I thought most everybody going through, hey, man, we, we dead ran for a rematch. Phoenix and Milwaukee again. We dead ran to go out on the same day. When we get back, we'll get the Cowboy James phone call. You listen to the Sports Grind. We're broadcasting here from Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back.